0: Section 15 of Unaddressed Letters by Anonymous, edited by Frank Athelstein Swettenham. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Nemo. An Illumination. After an absence, which cannot be measured by days, not at least days of 24 hours, but rather by spaces of longing and regret, I am back again in a house where everything suggests your presence so vividly that I hardly yet realize that I cannot find you, and already several times hearing or fancying I heard some sound, I have looked up expecting to see you. It is rather pitiful that waking or sleeping, our senses should let us be so cruelly fooled. It seems years ago, but sitting in this room tonight, memory carries me back to another evening when you were also here. It had rained heavily and the sun had almost set when we started to ride down the hill across the river and out into the fast darkening road that strikes through the grass covered plain. And leads to the distant hills. The strangely fascinating transformation of day into night, as commonly seen from that road, cannot fail to arrest the attention and awaken the admiration of the most casual observer. But for us, I think it possessed the special charm which comes from the contemplation of nature in harmony with the mood of the spectator, or seen as with one sight, by two persons in absolute sympathy of body and soul. Then nothing is lost. No incident, no change of color, no momentary effect of light or shade. The scene is absorbed through the eyes, and when the sensation caused finds expression through the voice of one, the heart of the other responds without the need of words. I see the picture now, a string of wagons, the patient oxen standing waiting for their drivers, picturesquely grouped before a wayside booth, a quaintly fashioned temple with its faint ultralight shining like a star from out the deep of gloom within the portal. Tall feathery palms whose stems cast long, sharp shadows across the dark red road On either side, a grass-covered, undulating plain, disappearing into narrow valleys between the deep blue hills. Behind all, the gray, mist-enshrouded mountains, half-hidden in the deepening twilight. The last gleams of color were dying out of the sky as we left the main road, and, turning sharp to the left, urged our horses through the gathering darkness. At last we were obliged to pull up, uncertain of our bearings, and even doubtful, in the now absolute blackness of tropical night, whether we were in the right way. Carefully avoiding the deep ditches, more by the instinct of the horses than any guidance of ours, we struck into another road and set our faces homewards. It was still intensely dark, but growing clearer as the stars shone out and we gradually became more accustomed to the gloom, dark yet delightful, and we agreed that this was the time of all others to really enjoy the East, with a good horse under you and a sympathetic companion to share the fascination of the hour. Riding through the groves of trees that lined both sides of the road, we caught occasional glimpses of illuminated buildings, crowning the steep hill which forms one side of the valley. Traversing the outskirts of the town, we crossed a river and came out on a narrow plain, above which rose the hill. I shall never forget the vision which then rose before us. How we exclaimed with delight! And yet, there was such an air of glamour about the scene, such unrealness, such a savour of magic and enchantment, as tied our tongues for a while. The heights rose in a succession of terraces till they seemed to almost pierce the clouds. Each terrace a maze of brilliantly illuminated buildings to which the commanding position, the environment, the style of architecture, and the soft, hazy atmosphere lent an imposing grandeur. The buildings which crowned the summit of the spur lined the terraces and seemed to be connected by a long flight of picturesque stone steps were all of dazzling whiteness. Low reaching eaves supported on white pillars formed wide verandas whose outer edges were bordered by heavy balustrades. Every principal feature of every building, each door and window, each veranda, balustrade and step was outlined by innumerable yellow lights that shone like great stars against a soft, dark background of sky and hill. It is impossible to imagine the beauty of the general effect. This succession of snow-white walls, rising from foot to summit of a mist-enveloped hill, suggested the palace-crowned heights of hudapur Sikri illuminated for some brilliant festival. The effect of splendor and enchantment was intensified by the graceful but indistinct outlines of a vast building, standing in unrelieved darkness by the bank of the river we had just crossed. In the gloom, it was only possible to note the immense size of this nearer palace and to realize its towers and domes, its pillars and arches, in the consistently Moorish style of its architecture. As we approached the lowest of the series of illuminated buildings that, step by step, rose to the summit of the heights, we beheld a sheet of water beneath us on our right, and in this water were reflected the innumerable lights of a long, low temple, standing fifty feet above the opposite bank of the lake. Fronds of the feathery bamboo rose from the bank, and, bending forwards in graceful curves, cast deep shadows over the waters of this little lake, from the depths of which blazed the fires of countless lights. We stood there and drank in the scene, graving it on the tablets of our memories as something never to be forgotten. Then slowly, our horses passed into the darkness of the road, which, winding round the hillside, led up into the open country, a place of grassland and wood lying gray and silent under a starlit sky. And, when we had gained the house, it was here you sat, in this old world seat, with its covering of faded brocade. I can see you now, in the semi-darkness of a room, where the only lamp centers its softened light on you, an incomparable picture in a charming setting. You do not speak. You are holding in your hand a small white card, and you slowly tear it in two, and then again and again. There is something in your face, some strange glory that is not of any outward light, nor yet inspired by that enchanted vision so lately seen. It is a transfiguration, a light from within, like the blush that dyes the clouds above a waveless sea at the dawn of an eastern morning. Still you speak no word, but the tiny fragments of that card are now so small that you can no longer divide them and some drop from your hands upon the floor. I picked them up afterwards. Did I not? End of section 15.